It's time to delve in a delicious cup of coffee. Hi. Hi. You're just in time for coffee. Somebody get me some coffee. Want another cup of coffee? Good to the last drop. Don't forget your coffee. And bite into some tasty conspiracies. This is Coffee and Conspiracies. Welcome to Coffee and Conspiracies, where a couple clueless college kids review fresh brews and debate conspiracy views. I'm your host, Riley. I'm joined by our other host. Hello, all. It's Logan. Nice to be back. Uh, we are back for the first time since our uh, our long winter break, our, our last, quote, season. Yeah, I guess you could call it last quote season. I think our last episode was we discovered or we explored the true origins of St. Nicholas and Indeed. Santa Claus and all the craziness that uh, became the high, uh, came behind that. Um, quick recap. We discovered that St. Nick may be Odin, may or may not be Odin. That was a weird one that popped out. But, you know, weird is the kind of premise of this entire show. Uh, now today we are joined by some wonderful guests we're very excited to introduce. Would you guys like to introduce yourselves? All right, I'm Colton Day. I'm here at the uh, Panther Radio program. I do news. I also do broadcast radio. I'm Caden Glantz. This is, I guess, my second time being on a recording. This is the first podcast I've been on here, and I'm excited. Uh, well, we are very happy to have you guys on. Um, today we are drinking a uh, a very special coffee that was um, gifted to me from the Volcanica Coffee Company. It's their Tanzania Peaberry Roast. Uh, it is a medium roast. Um, it's supposed to have flavor notes of dried fruit, savory chocolate, and orange. Um, I've uh, I'll have to admit I've had a few. Uh, I've had a few cups of this before before our recording, um, and I very much enjoyed it. It doesn't top the one we did on the first episode. No, I can 100% agree with that because I'm I'm tasting it for the first time as well, and I I'm definitely getting the hints of the orange and the dried fruits. Maybe not savory chocolate per se, but I definitely can I can definitely taste the what what the essence of chocolate I guess I could call it in this brew. Uh, it's not bad. It's not bad. I, I could I could see myself drinking this. It's very very flavor forward in my opinion. It it like it almost seems to mute some of the uh, bitterness of the of the coffee with that like citrusy flavor. Um, what do you uh, what are you guys thinking? Well, this is my first time ever tasting coffee really at a medium <laughs> roast, and I can still say that I think I'll stick with not tasting coffee. So. <laughs> I, I, I can attest to that I'm adding cream and sugar too. I I respect the try. What about you, Caden? Well, I'm a monster, and I'm just gonna drink it without any cream or sugar, and it tastes like coffee with dark chocolate. In it. Yeah, I mean, pretty, pretty much. Good. See, on this <laughs> podcast, we try not to get too, uh, I guess, political with how we drink our coffee because it does. It, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter as long as we're drinking the coffee and talking about the conspiracies. Then, like. We're having a good time regardless, but I personally prefer cream and sugar. But again, I because I'm with Colton, I don't really like the bitter taste of coffee, but I know Riley and Caden do, so I'm not going to sit here and judge. But like I said, it's not it's not about we'll get some more in the review later about what we like the full review of what we think of the coffee. But it's it's not bad. I'm definitely like liking this more than a probably the past couple of ones we did last season. I guess you could say like just uh, not like anything was bad, but just kind of above slightly. Uh, yeah, this is also the the most expensive coffee that we've drank on the show. This is actually the most expensive coffee that I have made. Um, and I didn't find that out because, again, it was a gift. I didn't really find that out until I was uh, looking into the coffee and seeing if there was anything cool to talk about. 
Um, and I realized like, oh wow, this is uh, it's pretty up there. Uh, yeah, no, but it's very good coffee. Um, personally, I like it, but I also understand that everybody is uh, an, an enjoyer of straight black coffee. Um, but uh, with the with the creamer and sugar, is it your is it your vibe? Uh, I put about three cups of the French vanilla sugar or creamer, sorry, and some sugar, and it's actually tasting really like tasty. See, I've discovered recently that we at, here at the station have both French uh, French cream and vanilla creamer. So I've been mixing one of each into all of my cups of coffee that I drink. Uh, and then I just put like a dash of sugar and it's usually like just enough to make me enjoy a cup of coffee. Um, yeah, but uh, that's the coffee we're drinking. We'll give a uh, like a number rating review towards the end here. Uh, but without further ado, our topic today, I've got to say I've been very excited for. Uh, we were actually supposed to record for this topic last week, but mm-hmm. uh, weather didn't really permit that to happen. Um, Getting frozen but- frozen inside your dorm building is not uh, <laughs> not not conducive uh, recording vibes per se. <laughs> Um, but that being said, I have been extremely excited and, uh, and ready to be able to kick off this, uh, this season, I guess, with, with this topic. Uh, do one of you want to introduce our topic? I can go ahead. Yeah. So our topic today is Area 51. And it's, again, a topic that everyone's heard of at least once. Everyone knows of it, of aliens, spacecraft. In reality, they say it's a military base, but is that true? (laughs) Indeed, indeed. I mean, like when you think of conspiracies, there are a couple that come to mind, and and I'm I I would put money down that Area Fifty One is is probably within the first couple um, that would come to mind when somebody says conspiracy. And I and I would agree with that statement as well. But what's funny about Area Fifty One, amongst like the what I call the like the big ten of conspiracy theories, or like the the ones that are just truly up there, is that this has become so interwoven in common conversation that like I don't even think people take Area Fifty One as seriously as a conspiracy theory anymore. Not that like not in a bad way, but it's just becomes so ingrained in like our brains and culture that. It's like, oh my gosh, what's like, I haven't seen an article recently. Let's put it that way about, you know, what's behind Area 51. Like no tinfoil hats, none of that. But I'm not saying they don't exist. I'm saying they've kind of gone away from mainstream media for a minute, especially since uh, 2016 when, or was it 2016? If you're talking about the whole uh, storm Area Area 51, 51, that was 2018, 2019. 2018, 2019. Sorry. I just remember 2016 being like the last good year for a while. It was before the world fell apart. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, 2019 when everyone was storming Area 51 and there was people Naruto running in the background of the camera and <laughs> that I'm pretty sure brought it back on the map for at least a couple, like at least a year. And then it became a meme and then it just kind of disappeared into the ether. I think everyone just accepted that Area 51 was real, but was too lazy to go find it underground. I can, I can, I can agree with that. solid that's solid <laughs> so logic. Begins. Um, so just uh, just some basic like background, not so conspiracy information for Area 51 that I found in my research. Um, so like one of the one of the primary thing. Well, I, I guess this is kind of conspiracy already because you could say well, that's what the government said. But <laughs> one of the primary things that is talked about with Area 51 since the declassification of a bunch of like documents that talked about what potentially happened there was um, aerospace research. 
So a lot of what I was finding is they were developing and researching uh, up and coming uh, uh, like planes and aircraft for war. Um, and I also found a couple other things that said it was their primary site that they would reverse engineer Soviet planes um, and and things like that to be able to uh, tell their pilots like, hey, here's how to outmaneuver them. Like, here's here's where our planes are going to beat theirs. Here's where their planes are going to be ours. So pilots could be more informed if they get into a dogfight. They know um, they know what they're working against so they can better um, they, they can have take the advantage in the fight uh, and i think it was something like our uh like the u.s military planes at the time excelled in speed mm-hmm. um but were beat out by soviet planes in maneuverability mm-hmm. um and so they were like yeah don't like don't go for crazy maneuvers if you're trying to take the advantage here because they'll win that fight um but that's like that's the precursor stuff i found is primarily aerospace research Right, and there is some truth to that. There's plenty of pictures of the F-117 plane or stealth plane flying above Area 51. And the design of that plane, it's so sleek that everyone thought it was a a UFO, a spacecraft, because they had never seen anything like it. This was before they uh, unveiled it to the public. And eventually they showed it off, said this was uh, what we've been working on, and... There is definitely some truth to that, at least. See, what's also interesting to consider is the fact that this, the whole Area 51 conspiracy, is inextricably linked to the Roswell incident, which is funny because they're, like, absolutely nowhere near each other. Roswell's in New Mexico and Area 51's in Nevada. But the idea behind, and that's kind of how this whole conspiracy theory came about, is that uh, there was an incident. So it's referred to as the Roswell incident, where uh, a plane crashed in near the city of Roswell, New Mexico, and the U.S. government came along, collected the remains of whatever the ship was, and took it back for testing. The theories became about, oh, it was an alien aircraft. The government collected it to do alien experiments and not tell the U.S. people. Well, I think the downside of this, or the downside of the U.S. government in this sense, was they just never debunked the theory. Like, they never debunked any rumors, so the rumors just kind of spread like wildfire. And that's why everyone became obsessed with Area 51 having aliens all all the time. Just anyways, any any which way. Right. They've never out. They never went out and just debunked the uh, possibility of spacecraft being at Area 51 or aliens. They always just push it off to the side. Never straight up saying no. We don't have that. That's ridiculous. I'm not even sure uh, from the research I did. I'm not even sure if the government has actually confirmed that Area 51 is a thing. Um, like, like specifically the term area 50, there's like a lot of haziness about whether or not like people have, the government's confirmed it or what it is. Like some of the declassified documents have mentioned it. Um, but it's still in that sort of gray area of like, have they even confirmed that area 51 as a whole exists? It may be some sort of subsection of Nellis air force base out there. That I I believe that's the biggest military public installation out there i mean that's a fair point i don't know if nelson is the biggest i wouldn't be surprised if it was but just to clarify uh kate and i are both from las vegas so nellis air force base sits right within the city limits of las vegas and we drive by it all the time the idea though being is i've i've actually been told uh, my dad was in the military and i've talked to a couple other people that i know were in the military that area 51 does exist as a designation or at least during a time 
the government was setting up station like research facilities and classifying them with areas. Like there's an area 51, there's an area 52, there's an area, area 36. I don't know. But like the point is that that was a thing for a while. It's just because I think because of the Roswell incident and then like area 51 becoming just more and more classified and nobody, I'm pretty sure there's multiple reports of people driving, accidentally driving by area 51 and like the government, you know, doing what the government does and like basically shoving a gun in their face and be like, go, go that way. Like just go away from this place. So, I mean, that could be possibly an explanation as well. I'm not 100% on that, though. Yeah, uh, Area 51 does not appear on any U.S. geological survey maps, I just found out. Interesting. Which could be an Area 51 thing, or it could just be an overall, you know, what they say as a homey airport thing where those are not supposed to appear. Mm-hmm. On survey maps, mm, there a is point. a lot of open space in Nevada. Have you ever driven from Vegas to Reno? It's awful. It is awful. so boring. It's an awful drive. Eight well, hours of just desert. It's awful. See, and and here's the crazy thing, right? Uh, in my research here, I was finding out the area that is encompassed by Area 51 um, is, um, I think, it, I think it was New Hampshire that it says it was bigger than New Hampshire, Ooh. like. I think it was New Hampshire. Yeah, I could I could attest to that uh, actually because if the if the research suggests that it's bigger than New Hampshire, New Hampshire is not that big to begin with as a state. Nevada is definitely bigger than New Hampshire as a state. But the idea being that again, going back to what Caden said, there is a lot of open area, a lot of what's called BLM land, which is um, government land, just in the in that area of the country. So there's not a lot that we can actually do to or do on that land because it's owned by the government. So I wouldn't be surprised um, if that does exist. Plus, I know people that have worked at the test site in Nevada, and that is what's classified as, quote-unquote, Area 51. You have to have a special security clearance to go there. But it's the nuclear testing site in Nevada. Yeah, um, which is like, uh, that, that's another thing that came up in a lot of the research is the nuclear testing sites mm-hmm. nearby. Um, so now, now one thing to note, right? Um, so Area 51 still like technically classified. A lot of information's hidden about it, which I mean, it makes sense, you know, um, especially when they're definitely hiding aliens there. Uh, but <laughs> one of the things that I did find talking about like the Roswell crash and, and stuff, um, something that I found, uh, there's a book out there, um, and I think NPR did a piece on it. Uh, but there's a book out there, um, and it was written by an author uh, who goes by Annie Jacobson. Uh, which it's called Area 51, an, uncis- an uncensored history of America's top secret military base. Um, now, there's no way to like be for certain that 100% of the information in here is true, but it is based on interviews that she did um, with people who um, claimed that they worked at Area 51. And a lot of them were just confirming, uh, you know, what we were talking about before, that they were researching planes uh, and and building uh, planes, such as, like, the, the, the plane that can travel three times the speed of sound, mm-hmm. um, work on stuff like that, which, uh, a side tangent, would also make sense, you know, um, if you are, if you're living in a time where we don't have uh, planes and aircraft that can travel faster than the speed of sound and then one's flying overhead going three times the speed of sound it's 100 percent understandable to make the leap to like oh like that's aliens in a spacecraft ah we're not alone in the universe ah basically now one of the sources in this book which i, I didn't i have to admit i didn't fully read i skimmed over but one of the sources in this book um apparently gave the quote true reason that area 51 is classified 
Um, and it does involve uh, the crash in New Mexico. Yes. So oh. here's um, here's uh, a a the excerpt from the book. Is this that sort of Project Mogul? Uh, I'm I'm not entirely sure, but okay. so uh, it's talking about the fact that this basically this person said a flying disc really did crash in New Mexico, which is the first thing that you're like, oh, like snap, are you confirming aliens? But Real. here's the thing, uh, so they say a flying disc actually crashed in New Mexico. Um, they said it was transported to the Wright Patterson Air Force Base, which I'm actually not sure where that is. Um, and then in 1951, it was transferred to Area 51. Um, which is supposedly why the base is called Area 51, because of the 1951 thing. One of the things that is is that this person says is the source that gave this information was actually an engineer who received the equipment and began to research it. But the um, the sort of scary thing and um, like sort of creepy thing is the pilots were children. They were like child-sized pilots. And there's a lot of actual debate about how old they were, but the pilots themselves were like the size of children. Um, the, the source, I guess, thinks that they're like 13 years old. Um, other people think they might be older, but the, like the, the big thing that they had sort of, I not necessarily come to a conclusion of, but um, that at least this source was mentioning um, is that the pilots were the result of experiments, of like Soviet experiments. And the crash was intended to happen as a warning shot to be like, like to the country and to the president to be like, hey, look at what we can do. Um, and so he was saying the reason that um, that crash was locked down so heavily was less to keep secrets from the public and more to keep people from panicking about if they can like have child-sized pilots flying this disc-shaped spacecraft, what else can they do? Um, and I was reading that, and like I got goosebumps. It was kind of creepy to to read about about this. Now, again, this isn't anything confirmed, um, but it, I do recommend like reading the book if you're into Area Fifty One. It's got some cool like history and a little bit of conspiracy mixed in. Uh, it's a fun. It's a fun read. See, okay, so you mentioned Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, and I was like, curious enough to look it up. Wright-Patterson Air Force Base is in Greene County, Ohio. Interesting. Very interesting That's indeed. That's pretty far. That is very far. <laughs> that is a very long distance. Yes. Well, and what's interesting too, so I looked up an article, and ironically it's from militarytimes.com. So let's see what it actually says about this. So again, it talks about the whole... Roswell incident and Area 51 being linked and like why that is. And even though the Roswell incident happened in 1947 and the um, Area 51 technically wasn't operational, like Riley said, until like 1951, which is why it's probably called Area 51. But the idea is that uh, according to the Smithsonian, the Roswell Daily Record reported uh, news of a flying saucer on July 8th, 1947. More than 75 years later, the public remains fascinated by the possibility that aliens not only crashed London in Roswell, but that the U.S. Army collected the wreckage to carry out alien experiments and cover up their existence from American people. Scrolling down a little bit more, you see that that the it's they confirmed that what they were doing was project was called Project Mogul, and what Project Mogul was researching was upper atmosphere for signs for reverberations from nuclear test blasts using high-altitude balloons with sensors and radar detectors. So they were trying to see how 
I guess badly or if nuclear blast affected the upper layer of our atmosphere and like the ozone layer and things like that, you know, around the times where everyone started becoming green conscious, like they're supposed to be. And, uh, they were using balloons or yeah, back and forth on that. And, uh, they were using balloons and that's what crashed in Roswell was a balloon with radars and sensors, which is probably why it gave it that circular shape. Cause have you ever seen a, you know, popped balloon lying on the ground? It's not necessarily, you know, circular, like what's, what would be a good word to describe the shape of a balloon when it's blown up? Rotund. 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 I think rotund (laughs) would be a good one. And then when it's flat, it's looks more like a deflated disc. So maybe I got, I got mixed up on. Yeah. That's (laughs) that's my bad. That's my bad. Well, I was trying to, I was trying to go with blown up and then like, you know, popped basically. Could have been a radar disc. Have you seen like those radar drones? They have just a giant disc on top of them. That's like, yeah somewhat aerodynamic. Right. that could be an early iteration of the radar drone that we see today in like movies and TV shows. I, I specifically remember seeing a radar plane in Transformers. Like that's how I know what it looks like <laughs> because I've watched that movie so many times. Great um, movie. You're talking about like the, the planes that have the large radar discs on top. The one that's spinning and they're just commuting, like they're just plugged in being like, you, you want to know something really cool? Yes. Uh, a Always. family member of mine actually used to fly those behind mm-hmm. enemy lines that's in the air force. Uh, he flew him to to pick up on uh, like enemy chatter and stuff. Really, really cool. Um, but no, yeah, those planes. But they look so weird, <laughs> like because they've got those big dishes on top. But like that would make sense. That could be something that could be um, could be confused. Uh, but yeah, just like the source in this book, um, basically like concluded what they were saying um, by saying that they theorized the plan from uh, I think it was the Soviets. Yeah, from the Soviets at the time was to create a panic mm-hmm. uh, to make American citizens believe that aliens had crashed and hoping that the government would cover it up because it was such a horrifying like experiments that they had done right. and, and terrible thing that was there to create more panic and create conspiracies that uh, would make American citizens no longer trust their government thinking that they were hiding aliens and hiding alien research from the U.S. citizens to um, potentially create division um, and, if they were lucky, overload our early air defense-like warning system to make America vulnerable. Which, if you think about, if that really was their plan, it was They succeeded immensely. Or they wanted to play a big game of Frisbee and we uh, vastly (laughs) misunderstood. We We never didn't catch it. We we never threw the Frisbee back. Yeah, that's fair. we got worried. We're like, what is this? I've never, I've never seen this before. And the Russians are sitting there like, panic, panic. It's a frisbee. And we're Roll like, back. oh, oh no. The what note I, burned up on the impact. <laughs> See, what I find interesting is, so I, I, I agree with that plausible theory about maybe this was just the Soviets messing with us and trying to incite panic. Because if that's the case, then it definitely worked. Because again, still to this day, we're sitting here talking about Area 51 and it's what? 50, 70 years, 75 years later, mm-hmm. roughly. Mm-hmm. So if that was the case and they succeeded, however, I'd like to explore the idea of if that was the case. And again, I get why the U S government wouldn't say anything again to incite less panic, but why wouldn't the U S government just be like, this was a potential thing from the Soviets. Uh, we're working on it. So on and so forth. I mean, what, what creates more panic in your mind here? Um, our government is hiding the fact that they're experimenting on aliens or the enemy that U.S. citizens were so terrified of has created like disc-shaped spacecraft with 
uh, child pilots that look like aliens. I mean, this I mean, was th- in the middle of the Cold War, right? Everyone's yeah. freaking yeah, the 50s. out. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and, and this was like, people were people were very terrified, which, I mean, like, to, to an extent, it's understandable because you're, you're in a war that is different from most of the wars we've seen before where you don't know what's going to happen. Mm. Um, and, you know, this was around the time of the Manhattan Project where Ooh. nuclear weapons are being experimented with and created. And so the second, like, the public finds out, oh, like, our enemy is creating something we've never seen before and is now experimenting on children to create like these this horrifying visage then it's like okay if they're creating these unique space or like spacecraft or, or air, aircraft type thing mm-hmm. and they're willing to experiment on children what are they willing to do that's fair point. um which i think right. creates a lot more panic than uh we're gonna hide aliens from you like no, and that's and that's entirely fair. That's it's entirely fair. It's just the idea that like sometimes you get more with blatant honesty. I just again, which is but you're absolutely correct. I if I was a government official at the time, I'd probably make the same call. I'd be like, yeah, let's let them believe that there's aliens compared to the fact that you know there's other people across the ocean that want to kill them. Like it's it's just more it it united. I guess kind of going back to what we were talking about with Saint Nicholas and the idea that that was multiple people. Uh, you know, playing the role of St. Nicholas. Um, maybe they just did it as a uh, uniting tactic, like a propaganda thing. They're like, oh, yeah, it was totally aliens. Totally wasn't aliens to not the U.S. people. I just, you know, the government has been known to, especially, again, World War II being my big, biggest example of that. The U.S. government's definitely been known to use propaganda to unite the U.S. people in order to, you know, be, make them be on their and side. This- Again, was during the Red Scare when oh, everyone yeah. was afraid of communism. Well, I was saying it was during the beginning. It was during the early years of that too, because the Cold War lasted till the eighties, well after the like late eighties too. Like I'm in a, I'm in Chess the Music. I'm practicing for Chess the Musical right now, and the whole point of that musical, which came out in the eighties, is a Cold War commentary hmm. in the world of chess. Really? Yeah, okay, I didn't know that. That's no, really cool. It's it's a it's a what well, ended in story. I believe ninety one when the leader of the USSR was arrested by the leader of Russia or something along those lines. Which leader are you referring to? Uh, not Stalin. Who was, was it Gorbachev? Was the last leader of the USSR? I think it was Gorbachev. Was it Gorbachev? Gorbachev was prominent. I'm not entirely sure. You like, can I, fact I, check me, but it was something like that. I know like the, the book does like mention, um, mention Stalin. Uh, it mentions a, a scientist um, which uh, it's a scientist uh, like that goes by I think it's Joseph Mengele. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. I would be very very careful if you like if you're wanting to do your own research on Joseph Mengele because he was uh, a very prominent scientist um, in Auschwitz. So you might come across some very disturbing, upsetting things. Um, so if you're this- if you're doing your own research and looking it up at home, like make sure you're ready to be reading about. Um, like about that whole situation. Uh, Wasn't and about that the, the same doctor that did the experiment on twins? I'm not entirely sure. Um, I know like the mention here is um, like talking about looking at the timeline of when uh, this scientist, Joseph Mengele, left Auschwitz, um, I guess, disappeared for a little bit uh, in 1945 in like January of 1945. Um, and the source suggested that Mengele had already cut his losses with Third Reich at that point mm. and went to working with Stalin. Okay, um, that's fair. But now again, none of this is confirmed. It's just like uh, somebody said it. You somebody, know, this is this is this is the uh, quote unquote lore that we've been able to track down and find and be able to express about the potential of what has happened in the past seventy five years. 
yeah. basically. So now, now something else a lot of people talk about, right, is um, like, you know, we've got satellite imagery. I mean, even even then, like Soviets were trying to spy on the U.S. I mean, mm-hmm. we were spying on them. So like it's it's just like, you know, it's it's wartime stuff like try to try to look at what they're doing um, using satellites, which was a pretty new thing um, at the time. And um, so there, there's a lot of people who there, there there's some images you can see. Um, or at least you can find whether they're real or not. There's questions too, um, but that you can see runways in Area 51. Yep. And if you look at those pictures of the runways in Area 51, these ships and aircraft and stuff that you can see, um, like sitting at the runway or coming out of hangars and stuff like that, they do not match up. Some of them do, but most of them do not match up with any aircraft even today, that is known to exist. And this is where a lot of the conspiracies are bred. Because they're like, sure, they're doing aerospace engineering. They're, they're building uh, like weapons of war for the air that can do things that we've never seen before. But what are these? Because we've seen a lot of their experiments in action. You know, we, we've seen, gosh, I wish I remember the name of it, uh, but the ship that can travel three times the speed of sound. Like, right. we've seen those things. Actually, a lot of them have been retired at this Isn't point. is speed of sound like Mach 2? Uh, I don't, I'm not sure. Um, but we've seen a lot of those things and we've seen them in action. We've seen them get retired. You can, you can look up pictures of them and I got to say, some of them look super cool. Like Mm -hmm. if you're ever into, if you're into aero, like engineering or anything, some of those planes look awesome. I have a buddy that would think you're thinking about the SR 71 Blackbird. Yeah. I think that's the one. Good old Lockheed Martin. Um, now the, the thing is though, like. When you look at some of those images, a few of the silhouettes match up to um, to either that like that model of of aircraft or what is maybe similar iterations or previous models, but a lot of them don't match up. Now, what I'm about to say, I don't have any proof of. I actually could not find a lot of this anywhere okay. on the internet because okay. I, I was looking into it. But, and I won't give too much details. I know somebody who has a family member that potentially did work at Area 51. And over a holiday, that friend's family member was talking about working at Area 51 and said, it's just paint. It's just what? Paint. Paint? Said that the runways, they would paint crazy-looking aircraft onto the runway so that when enemies use satellite imagery to try to look into Area 51, at the time, Soviets, now just anybody, because Area 51's become such a big deal about what's going on there, you might see how maybe an enemy of the country would want to see what's going on in there. Um, And he said they would paint crazy-looking aircraft, like super advanced-looking models, paint them on the runway to hide or to, to make people who are looking there wonder what's going on. Um, he said that they would either do paint or they would use coverings. So if they had their actual aircraft sitting out there, they would basically put like tarps over the top it's with camouflage. a different, um, with a different looking huh. like ship on top of it mm. as a, just a complete way to not just cover it up. Because I, like I feel like even with like especially with satellite imagery now, you could see if something's being covered up by just a tarp that oh, sort yeah. of matches the color of the runway. But if you can like blend it in, then and fool the camera because it's still possible to do that. Yeah, but if you can make it look like there's wow. some crazy advanced looking like aircraft for war sitting on the runway, that's going to be scary. I mean, it becomes propaganda. 
That's like an upgrade of what they did in World War II where they had like balloons that would look like tanks. Wait, what? Yeah, they did that. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, balloons that yeah, they blow up tanks, right? That's what you're talking about, Caden? Are you serious? I didn't know that. Well, see, and what was funny you bringing that up is it, the first thing that I thought about when uh, you mentioned that this this individual that you've met and talk, uh, talked to said it was just paint. That made me think about, well, what else that have we like seen through satellite imagery could be considered, you know, not exact. Actually, first thing that came to mind was the Cuban Missile Crisis. I mean, you really don't know. You really don't know. Because I feel like there's a there's a common theme, and I don't want to get too political here, right? right? But I feel like there is a theme, and I don't think it's just America. Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't think it's just the United States, I should say. I think it's most countries that have a military to believe, like, your your military is, like, up there. Your country is, is um, well-equipped, and, like, the things you see about potential enemies, like, is likely true. Um, not And not, like, giving it any, like, superiority complex right. or anything, of course. Um, but one of the things you have to remember, and that's really important, especially if you're doing, like, war research, mm -hmm. um, is your enemy is as smart, if not smarter, than you. Uh, and you always have to remember that. And so it is, if we're doing that, it is perfectly reasonable that any other country can do the same. And it's not a bad tactic. Mm -mm, not at all. Especially because of the idea of a Cold War. So what's funny about the idea of a Cold War is that that's like the big staple of whenever you're learning uh, United States history in high school or middle school. It's like, ah, oh, the Cold War is the only war that was ever fought that wasn't like there wasn't a single shot fired, which I don't think that's true. Yeah, it was like proxy wars. I was like, there was proxy wars like Korea or Vietnam or whatever. But the idea is that uh, the idea of a Cold War has become more prevalent in I think our modern society but it's now through the lens of digital media because mm -hmm. you could theoretically have a cold war with someone over uh, an anonymous platform. Potentially. Potentially, theoretically speaking. But again, it's the same idea of I'm trying to be smarter than them. It's safe to assume they're trying to be smarter than me. So I'm going to be constantly thinking it's like it's like the game of chess. You know, you're constantly sitting there anticipating not only your opponent's moves, but how you're going to react to said uh, moves as well. And so they're still doing it with military technology and like missile countermeasures and then countermeasures for that back and forth. Countermeasures for countermeasures for exactly. countermeasures. Yeah. Now, one thing to think about, like you're like talking about chess. Imagine you're playing a game of chess and you peek over at your opponent's board and you see behind all their pawns is just queens. Like that, that would be something where you're like, oh crap, like is this really something I want to put resources into? Right. Like, are we going to lose this fight? Picking and so and you look at satellite imagery behind enemy lines and you see all these wacky looking spacecraft, mm -hmm. like looking things, and you're like, can these go to space? Like, or are these just, I mean, maybe super advanced aircraft? Like, what are they going to do next? And I feel like there's like, it, it create it's, it's an, it's a neat tactic to create, um, not necessarily fear. But maybe make your enemy spend more resources on figuring out what you're doing when you really just have some people painting. It, it's, the same, it's kind of the same idea behind how we as America won the Revolutionary War. We were never going to win an outright war with the British. They had far vast superior military technology. I use air quotes technology at the time. I mean, at the time it was tech. Yeah. And, and Bradley's absolutely correct. But they just had more money. Well, we just 
outlasted them. We made them spend more money by doing what we were doing, which was guerrilla warfare or taking certain things. And finally, the the house or what's what's their parliament? It's just parliament or I'm not sure. the French just, helped too. Yeah, the, well, I mean, obviously the French <laughs> helped too, but the French can only do so much because they were also fighting a war in Europe between the British as well. So they had to split the resources to help us. However, where I'm going with this is that it's just, again, it's a similar idea of if you can make your enemy use more resources than you, then you're theoretically winning better at something than they are because they're spending more time and resources, which is then pulling focus from, you know, other areas that would technically be needed in the country. Like you can say, say the same thing about America. Our military budget is vast. Like I'm talking like $3 billion vast. It's up there. It's 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 uh, up th- there. It's, I think it's seven hundred billion. Th- again, I'm pretty sure I was lowballing, but the point is that I, I'm tr- I was trying to use an outrageous number to get my point across, and that is, we this is, the world has become so focused on being able to outdo other countries that I think we forgot to focus on what you know we actually need back at home. I'm not saying that's you know a, I'm not saying that wasn't necessary. I'm just saying that, you know, you, 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 you grab, grabbed your face in a, oh, shock moment. What's going on over there, Riley? Um, I, I, I saw a, an article on a, and it's on a .gov website, um, that says the Department of Defense had $1.9 trillion distributed among its six subcomponents. Oh, Overall, like out of all time, or is this? Um, so the six subcomponents would be the five branches of uh, the military. Twenty in it says each year federal agencies Six receive branches. funding from Congress, known as budgetary resources. In FY uh, fiscal year twenty twenty three, the Department of Defense had one point nine trillion dollars distributed among its six subcomponents. Sorry, I said five branches of the military. I meant six. I forgot Space Force was a thing. Um, but anyway, uh, so <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll I'll drop one more thing that I that I um, heard from this person. Again, none of this is confirmed. Right. Um, and there are some things that I'm, I'm not going to mention that he said, because I think it's a little too on the serious side for our, our era of topic or our, our area of, of topic here. Um, but I'll say this. And then I want to hear, I want to hear you guys like thoughts and any crazy things you hear. The other thing, one of the other things that this person had mentioned mm-hmm. um, that happened there is defecting pilots from enemies would be instructed to land there. Oh, and that's they would, smart. They would land their planes there, pull them into hangars. The defecting pilots would be t- like, would be taken in because they're defecting. Right. And then their planes would be reverse engineered. And now we've already got like from a number of sources confirmation that they were re- reverse engineering planes, especially oh, yeah. Soviet planes. Um, now this person mentioned that maybe the Soviets weren't the only pilots and definitely weren't the recent most recent defecting pilots that we potentially had land there and worked on reverse engineering their planes right. to learn about um but it would make a lot of sense you know you've make- got all of these unknown sightings landing at dark runways why would that happen and who's right? to say and you're right and who's to say that's not happening with our pilots as well i mean you never know you never know you never know, you never know. But what what are you guys' thoughts on like some of the things we talk about on Area Fifty One? Like, do you have any crazy theories? Do you have any information you found that we haven't there talked was a about? Questions I wanted to ask, but I want to hear their thoughts first. Uh, first off, I think we'll never truly know what is behind Area Fifty One. It's just one of those things that will always stay hidden, and we'll never know the actual truth. And I think that's something that a lot of people need to learn to accept and stop trying to chase 
the theory because you're never going to get anywhere, I, I feel, in my opinion. But it's still fun to theorize, though, for sure. Oh, 100%. Very much so. Caden? I believe there's a ton of classified stuff there, and that's generally where they are going to test out all of their new aerospace tech. And if any aliens decided to crash in the Mojave Desert, that's probably where they are. <laughs> I mean, that's a fair point as well. So I, I guess the two questions I wanted to ask is, okay, I, what we kind of do with other conspiracy theories that we've talked about, I kind of want to split the room a little bit uh, okay. versus of, is there actually aliens there and is there not actually aliens there? So who's on the side that the aliens are there? Yeah, I'm uh, saying they're, they're there. It's more sure, I'll, I'll say they're there. You say they're there. Do you want to argue? See, I'm not sure. I, I'm also not sure, but like, I kind of want to I kind of want to see where this goes. I, I believe the the realism of it being wartime research. But like Colton said, like, you know, it's fun to think like oh, yeah. we got we got aliens and, and alien it's fun to think we're not alone in the universe. Well, and I think and less it's lonely, too. I think it's <laughs> logical to think that we're not alone in the universe. And, and I think that's regardless of uh, whatever religion you believe to think that we are. Um, we are a speck of dust in such a vast universe. Okay, with, Neil deGrasse Tyson. With billions of possibilities, trillions of really possibilities of planets that could exist, life that could exist on planets. Because, I mean, I just think at the bare minimum, we have to believe that at least bacteria life exists on oh, other yeah, planets. Oh, yeah, 100%. And have to. 100%. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's almost selfish to believe that we are the only living intelligent organisms in a universe of infinite possibilities. I guess, but that's my own. That's my own. That's my hot take. And, and I would agree with that hot take. My my question then becomes: Why are we still think? Why do we still think that? In the sense of not that we haven't gotten over ourselves as being, you know. Uh, egocentric and things like that. I'm saying, why do we still think that? Why haven't we been visited? I mean, ultimately... There are a lot of theories. There, there are a lot of theories. Ultimately, I, I think one of the big reasons that we do still think that, uh, I think one of the reasons that we haven't been visited yet is for the very same reason that we haven't visited anything else yet. I mean, infinitely large universe, right? Vast possibilities. Um, and one, our technology isn't developed enough, but two, I mean, you could fling something at an extremely high speed in one direction and it's going to take... I mean, it's going to take millennia mm -hmm. for it to get to other stuff. But I, I think the the other thing, like, why do we still think we're the only living organisms? Like, why is that still such a common belief? Um, so I'm I've research. I, I'm a psychology student. Mm -hmm. um, I've done taken a lot of psych classes. I've taken a lot of animal psychology classes. And mm -hmm. one of the common things is I I couldn't remember the name of it, um, but especially when doing animal psychology, there is a pretty common. Um, phenomena where uh, it, it is natural to think that because we seem to have free will, like because we have free mm. will, because we are um, sentient and intelligent, that we are greater beings than any of the animals. And some religions even even help move that along. Now, that's not to, to say anything bad against those religions because, you know, there's there's give and take and, and um, it's like it's OK to believe that. Right. But um, there there's just, there's a common phenomena that people naturally believe that we are greater than other animals mm -hmm. simply because of our heightened intelligence and ability to communicate and things like that. But when you actually research animals, like it's cool to research because there are animals that are way better at certain things than, than people mm -hmm. are. There are even animals that exhibit um, like very high intelligence, like near human, some like are around that level. But the difference is... Um, social communication, 
um, there, there's a lot of different aspects that make that make us seem higher up. And we are like people in general are also um, typically seen like towards the apex of being um, like predators, you know, mm-hmm. like we, we hunt, we scavenge yep. and we have through ingenuity found ways to uh, to be able to hunt like a lot of a lot of, if not most creatures right. in our planet. And so it creates this sort of belief of, of a, um, of being above animals. And so I think that's sort of where it comes from, you know, like we want to believe that we are, um, the only intelligent beings because it helps us keep this like pedestal of being greater than the things below. And I can agree with that. I can agree with that a hundred percent, especially because the idea, I I find it interesting that, uh, be studying media as long as I've have in my life. Uh, I always found it interesting that everyone was like, oh yeah, the aliens are the bad people. Like why, why is there no, and then in recent years, like in the past, I say 10, 20 years, there've been more movies coming out that the aliens are the good guys or that there's good aliens and bad aliens and you know, all of that crazy stuff. But again, none of that's based in quote unquote truth because we just don't actually know. The final question I wanted to lead off with, and this is the question I always ask whenever we talk about like a established conspiracy theory is that if this were actually true, if aliens actually existed at Area 51, if all these high-tech things were at Area 51, how would that affect society, the entire world? Would, would it be a large, do you guys think it'd be a large impact or it would just be like, oh, okay, then, so we just know the truth finally. So what, if they just flat out declassified everything about yeah, Area 51? What do, you, do you think that the world would care? I mean, militaries probably care much because, again, we have high tech, possibly t- high tech no- technology at Area 51. I mean, society, normal people like you and me, do you think that we would care or we would be largely affected by the idea that Area 51 has aliens and high tech technology like that? A lot of people would probably refuse to believe it, and it would cause a lot of just arguments. Okay. That's definitely true, yeah. I mean, I think we get we would flip around to the opposite side of the conspiracy, because I really think conspiracies are um, bred by, like, mistrust. You know, yes, your government 100%. says one yeah. thing, so we're going to, like, theorize, what if they're lying? What's the other thing? Because, again, not to get political, but governments lie. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just truth. But if your government's saying one thing, what if they're lying and saying the other? So the government is is saying, like, this is what we're developing. This is the purpose of this place. We just keep it classified to protect, like, country secrets. And it's like, oh, but what if it's aliens, you know? But right. if the government comes out and it's like, hey, there's aliens, then people are immediately going to flip around and be like, wait, what are they really hiding if they're telling us there's aliens, you know? Exactly. That's a fair point. But I think, I, about I think it like there that. would be a pretty significant effect, you know? Right, no, I there'd agree. There'd be a lot of people <clears throat> who are justified and they're like, yes, like, I'm right. And then there'd be a lot of people that are like, no, this, there's no, it's bogus. That's fair point. So just, you don't think that the, any uh, any truth or things would uh, people would agree more? You think there'd be still more division if the government were to openly admit that they had aliens and uh, high tech uh, high tech you know items at Area Fifty One? There would be a lot more Scientologists. Oh yeah. Oh dear <laughs> Lord, we don't need any more of those guys. I'm sorry. Um, we might have to cut that part. Uh, okay. So um, I've yeah. Any any final remarks or closing thoughts about Area Fifty One and the conspiracy from y'all? The Russians wanted to play a game of Frisbee, and we didn't catch it. <laughs> and it turned into a big conspiracy theory about us having aliens. That seems, that seems on par for the human race. I can agree with that. I'd like to say I think aliens are real and will forever be real. Our okay. own little visitors to this planet, you know. All right. I 100% agree. That's all right then. That was, that was a good conversation. So guys. now, um, to, to backpedal back to the start here, uh, the coffee we had. 
Um, and be be completely honest. Uh, we're uh, hey, unless you want to, uh, we're currently not sponsored. Um, so, um, completely honest though, um, one to ten rating of the coffee we had of the the Volcanica Tanzania pea berries. Just uh, like without anything in it, or with creamer and sugar. However, you, know, you, could you can give two both. because you, you did try it with and without. Okay. Uh, well, without the creamer and the sugar, I had to put it in afterwards. I'd say just like a. Three out of ten, because I could taste the dried fruit and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's just I'm not really a uh, coffee guy, mm-hmm. Which so I've not really adapted to the taste of it. But after putting you know three cups of French vanilla creamer and then some sugar in it, it's actually really warming up to me to like a seven out of ten. Okay, All awesome. Right then. So, Caden, I just had it straight up, which means that it probably tasted a lot more bitter than what he was drinking Mm -hmm. but i really liked it but the most of the flavor note i got was like the dark chocolate i'd give it like an eight out of ten awesome really so uh i was with colton i didn't i did put stuff in uh, my coffee after i drank it for the first couple of sips because again i just don't like the bitter taste but that's just me uh before i put in the cream and sugar i would put it like a five like it was, a, it was a solid midway point there. I think the thing that was throwing me off the most was the mix of the citrus and the dark chocolate. Like it was just the, the combination of those two things. Like we're, we're throwing my tongue for a weird loop. And I was like, I don't know. This isn't blending right in my mouth. And I don't know if that could be back to the percolator or the way it was brewed. There's any million. We've talked about this before. There's millions of possible combinations that could affect that. So I'd give it a five. And then when I added the cream and sugar, I didn't add as much as Colton. Uh, I'd put it at like a seven. I yeah. definitely put it at a seven. Yeah, I, I think I've had this brew um, a, a good number of times, and um, for me, it's 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 an eight. I, I won't bump it like all the way up. I definitely won't give it a ten, which isn't a diss on the coffee. It's just I'm saving that. Like I want something to wow me. Oh yeah, but an eight, definitely an eight out of ten for me. All right then. Um, and then similar similar rating here, uh, just really quickly, because um, I think we've we've given pretty solid wrap up thoughts, but like one out of ten, super quick rating of the conspiracy. Two out of ten. It's the conspiracy theory. You know? Oh yeah. I'm going to give it that 8 out of 10. Honestly, I'm going to give this a 5. Oh. I'm going to give this a 5. I'd, hot take. Hot take. Not because this isn't like a very worthwhile conspiracy theory to talk about. It's just simply the fact that like I think there are, there are things that are tickling my brain a little bit more that I would rather, that I want to talk, talk about further than just this. Definitely. Area 51 for me is is a 9. Because I'm saving 10 for a very specific topic for a very specific reason. But oh, it's a 9 yeah. out of 10 for me. I love talking about it. I love talking about aliens. This could very well be a precursor to another episode of just aliens in general. We talk about aliens too much on this show. Uh, I, yeah. Or not enough, Beatles, according the, to Ryle. The Beatles are, are all aliens. Yeah, or according, no, not enough, according to Riley. Um, okay, but yeah, no, this was a lot of fun. We really enjoyed having this uh, having this little like chat with you guys. Thanks for coming out. Um, uh, if uh, what, what time are you usually on air, Colton? Uh, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Tuesdays. Awesome. Well, on Tuesdays, be sure to tune in to WKWC 90.3, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. to hear Colton on air. Um, he does really good work, and the music is always a good vibe. Um, and Caden, I, I, do you have anything people can find you on? You're going to have to find me in person and track me down. <laughs> All right. Sounds accurate. Um, it was great to have the two of you on. We want to thank the radio station again, WKWC 90.3, uh, for allowing us to record in their studio. It is always a blessing and always a lot of fun. Um, if you have any ideas for any topics or coffees that we can cover and try uh, for the show, feel free to send it to the uh, to the radio's email. PantherRadio at kwc.edu. Um, And yeah, so Area 51, aliens and volcanic coffee, 
Uh, it was a very good vibe. Thank you guys for being on. Of course. I had a great time. Um, and remember, the most important part of this podcast that you always got to keep in mind, everything is a simulation. Wake up, Neo. Follow the